Growing up, I was always told I was selfish. As a woman, I should put others before myself. A good girl thinks of everyone else instead of herself. I was told to act like a lady and give to others first. So when I began to date a very selfish man who treated me with disdain, I was killing myself in an attempt to not be selfish and save him. I soon learned being selfless did not mean sacrificing my self-love for another's. I refuse to die to keep someone else alive. Today, I am happily selfish. Beautiful listeners, welcome to Sex and Psychology. I am your host, Lauren Cletty. As usual, thank y'all so much for listening and tuning in. I am very happy with the direction that this podcast is taking. Close to 2,000 listeners, and I've been doing this since September, so I'm pretty satisfied. Um, Lately, I've been having more of an internal struggle where I can't really find the motivation to actually record. It's like part of me wants to, and the other part of me just wants to be lazy. And I've noticed that I've been slacking in some areas of my life. And this could have to do with being in a new relationship. When we do get into new relationships, we tend to neglect other areas of our lives. Personally, at least that's what I've experienced. And I'm realizing where I need to prioritize and really restructure my day. So With that being said, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to touch on last week's episode of uh, my abortion story. I did have some feedback after recording, and I just wanted to thank everyone for their unconditional acceptance and love and support, and I would even like to thank those who disagree with me. Um, I believe it is perfectly normal and okay, perhaps even empowering, to disagree with people. But it is never okay to be disrespectful. And I always question why people are so kind to children and puppies, but kind of disdainful, if that's a word, treat others with disdain that kind of fall in the middle. So people have a lot of empathy and compassion for children. Obviously, children are innocent and full of love and bring joy. But when it comes to growing up, we tend to not care or value about people in life as much, if that makes sense. Um, And sharing my own story about abortion, which I have shared publicly before with Planned Parenthood when I was interning with them, but never really on this level. This year is all about social justice as we've seen different themes occur. And I believe abortion is a social rights issue. I figured if no one is going to talk about it, then I would. And if you learned anything from the last episode, It's the pull-out method is unreliable. I'm just kidding. Um, But it really is to take ownership of yourself and speak your truth. Because when we hide things in the shadows of our consciousness and we're too ashamed to share them and we feel so isolated and alone in them, that's when shame manifests. And to answer some of your questions that a couple of you posed... Do I feel sad that I couldn't or chose not to have my baby? 
I don't feel bad, honestly. Um, I do feel that it's unfortunate it wasn't the right time, but I know and believe with all of my heart that you can be a horrible person without ever having had an abortion, and you can also be an amazing person and have had an abortion. I don't think it's up to six-year-old white men to decide what's right for the majority of women. I think it's up for women to decide that for themselves. I personally don't feel like I have to explain myself any further, but all I'm saying is that giving birth to something does not make you a parent. And this is what we're going to talk a little bit more about today. I know that if I chose to have a child at that time, I wouldn't have been a great parental figure. I would have been full of anger and resentment and probably would have taken it out on my child. And I have no intention of doing that. Would I have been a better person if I decided to carry the term and brought up a child in a world full of mental illness and chaos, addiction, and poverty? I pose that question to you. I don't want to perpetuate the cycle of suffering. I would want to give my child the best life. And for me, at that time, it just wasn't a possibility. Many people argue that you shouldn't have sex if you don't want to deal with the repercussions, but I feel like saying you shouldn't have sex if you don't want to deal with the consequences is like saying you shouldn't get in a car to drive anywhere if you don't want to risk getting killed in an accident. It's old thinking, it's patriarchal framework and misogynistic beliefs ingrained in our brain. Sex is a human right, and I am very thankful to live in the United States where I have an ability to make that decision for myself and my future. I will end this by saying I believe God gives people the right to choose. God gives people free will. And lately I've been learning that if something isn't a hell yes for me, it's usually a no. Marianne Williamson once said, doubt means don't. And that is that. So I thank you for listening to that. Kind of just want to get that off of my chest. Today, I am choosing to discuss reparenting ourselves, which if you are a listener of the show, you've heard me mention several times throughout the last few conversations. I would also like to talk about narcissistic mothers, boundaries, and special relationships. So the last week or two, I was studying A Course in Miracles, And Marianne uh, Williamson, who wrote um, many books and is a teacher of the course, A Return to Love, she also um, writes about special relationships. And in terms of A Course in Miracles, a special relationship is any relationship with anything, though we tend to think of it as in between people, it can really be with anything that we use as a substitute for oneness with God. So these relationships need to be healed. They need to be brought to the surface and looked at. And A Course in Miracles says that relationships are assignments. They are divine orchestrations. And these could be lifelong or these could be short term. And I've noticed this not just with my mother, but in my dating life. I would say my relationship with my abusive ex in 2015, that was a special relationship because it was so enmeshed. It was so codependent and I thought that if I didn't have this person then I didn't have anything I became so obsessed with it that I thought to myself if I can't have blank then I have no reason to live and I substituted him as this godly figure that I needed to survive in my life 
A Course in Miracles suggests that all special relationships can be transformed into holy relationships, that is, relationships spent on truth, in which oneness is revealed rather than hidden or hindered. I personally choose to subscribe to the idea that every relationship, every experience we go through in our lives can be used as an opportunity for healing. Now, if you're not familiar with The Course in Miracles, I would very much suggest you looking it up. It has been revolutionary. In the last couple of weeks, I've noticed becoming more proactive and less reactive. Um, A Course in Miracles defines miracle as the conscious choice to make that mind shift, including its non-observable effects on the minds of others. Excuse me, I'm right next to my computer, so I do apologize for any background noise that might transpire over the next few minutes. Um, I am looking into ordering the workbook. The workbook of A Course in Miracles lessons attempt to train the reader to see oneness in all living things for a decent amount of time in your day. And Marianne says that five minutes spent with the Holy Spirit in the morning will aid in guiding your decisions, divine guidance throughout the day. So I found this was very interesting, the idea of oneness, that we are all one. And this goes along with the idea that everything anybody does affects everything. So that one thing you do will have a ripple effect and impact the people around you because we are all one. When one person is suffering, it kind of leads to this collective consciousness of suffering because we are not separate from one another. We are all brothers and sisters of the Lord. Now, I've been feeling this pull to teach more on spiritual teachings. I, again, will state that I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And when I say Holy Spirit, Lord, God, Jesus, you can really implement this with whatever terminology feels right for you. I personally like to use soul, spirit, universe, but that's my personal decision. And anything that I say, you can take it or leave it as always. This is just my personal ideas and you don't have to agree with them. I want you to, even if you disagree with me, find a way of living that really sits well in your heart and in your soul. So talking about oneness, I I do apologize if you came here to learn about sex. I am going to get back to sexuality and relationships, but I've been feeling this gravitation towards talking about quantum physics, metaphysics, um, self-help, law of attraction, and spirituality. And I'm going to follow that divine guidance because I believe we can never go wrong when we trust our intuition. And that inner knowing always asks to be listened to. It is always there. Sometimes we just choose to tune in or tune out. And I am really working on not just being, you know, talking the talk. I really want to walk the walk in this regard. So... My relationships have been very difficult assignments uh, up until this point in my life. As many of you know, I was adopted. My father passed away due to cancer. I was in several abusive relationships. And in the last few years, I've really noticed how dysfunctional my relationship with my mother is. And in the last few days, having these challenging and somewhat triggering conversations with my mother... I keep going back to this is an opportunity for me to respond from a place of love, compassion, understanding, light, and gratitude versus defensiveness and anger and frustration. When I used to talk with my mother and she would say these unkind, uh, manipulative things, 
I would respond from reactivity. I would get angry, I would slam the door, I would yell at her, I would become very defensive. And something happened yesterday where I was telling my mom, I was very happy, I got some calls back from jobs and I was getting all these interviews and she kind of responded with disdain and a put down and guilt and said, well now you're gonna have all these jobs and you're not gonna know which one to choose and you're not gonna know what to do like usual. This always happens. And it's funny because I mean this in the most loving way. My mother historically has been someone that is very hard to please, that is never happy. Um, Just a month ago, she was yelling at me, telling me I had to get more job interviews and now I have them. And she's saying, well, now you kind of fucked yourself. So I just noticed that. And I think the first step when dealing with unhealthy, not conscious people is to just remember that they're not conscious and you have to kind of accept them for where they're at. And just notice, notice what comes up. When that came up yesterday, instead of saying, mom, you are impossible to please, why can't you just be happy for me? Instead of responding from kind of a low vibrational state, I kind of just laughed, um, not at her in her face, because that would not be very nice, but I just smiled to myself and I said, oh, I'm noticing what's coming up. I'm noticing that I'm feeling disappointed i'm noticing that i'm feeling confused and triggered and then i just smiled to myself and i said this is a learning opportunity for me to put into practice everything i have been trying to learn and practice and i just thought to myself this woman is unconscious and i'm just not going to respond because sometimes we want to get our point across and we yell at people but at that point when we're fighting and arguing we're not hearing each other. And I was saying this to my girlfriend, excuse me, about a few weeks ago when she was debating um, getting out of or staying in a relationship that really it sounded like it wasn't serving her. And I do believe that the term toxic is kind of overused, um, but I will say it just so that people can understand it was a toxic relationship. And she was saying, aren't couples supposed to fight? Like, you know, it's normal to fight and everything, but I said, but does it feel right in your heart? The way that this person is projecting onto you and the way that they're fueled with anger and violence and threatening you and intimidating you. Yes, it is completely normal to disagree with people from time to time. Conflict is a thing. No matter how spiritual we are, we will find people that are, more conflictual than others to say the least but we have to come back home and not abandon ourselves just to stay in a relationship which is no longer making us happy and I think that the way people treat you when they are mad at you says a lot about the person and where they are at on their spiritual journey if someone is only nice to you and kind to you when you give them what they want that is manipulation that is not love someone that truly loves you will want you to do what is right and best for you i know this because about a few months ago i asked one of my girlfriends to come on the podcast i thought she had a lot of great things to say and i could tell she kind of didn't want to do it and i knew off the bat this friend was a people pleaser and had trouble saying no and i said listen my girl 
I want you to do what's right for you. I don't want you to do what you think would make me happy. I don't want you to say yes out of guilt or fear. I never want to make you feel obligated to do something. And you saying no to me would make me so happy because then it means that you're saying yes to yourself. Sometimes when we say no to other people, it's because we are choosing to say yes to ourselves. And that is true love. So a little bit more about my relationship with my mom. Um, it, it was always been an interesting relationship to say the least. I think that my mom definitely does the best that she can. I personally choose to believe that we are all trying our best and doing the best that we can with the tools and knowledge that we have at the time. And until we know better, we typically don't do better. And sometimes even when we know better, we still don't do better because we're not ready to follow that path. I can know that someone is not good for me about a year ago. I knew my own dysfunction and chaos and addiction to drama and relationships. And I knew it logically, but subconsciously, I still had self-limiting beliefs and patterns that I wasn't willing to break. So sometimes even when we know better, we still don't do better. So take it easy on yourself. And it's interesting because I've gone to relationship with my mom and I would not say that she is a narcissist because that term is also extremely overused. We'll say this person was a narcissist, this person was a narcissist. Narcissism is a spectrum and we all lie on the narcissism scale. A narcissist is a personality disorder, is a full-blown chronic psychological condition. Narcissism is different than full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, FYI. But a narcissistic parent is a parent affected um, by narcissistic tendencies. And typically narcissistic parents are exclusively and possessively close to their children as they are threatened by their children growing independence. So I would not say my mom is a narcissist. Would I say she has a lot of narcissistic qualities? Yes, I would. And I started realizing this when I had this amazing therapist. Shout out to Alyssa if you ever hear this. She was incredible. And she really helped me analyze my relationships with men and my relationship with myself connected with my relationship to my mom. And I spoke about this with my life coach, if y'all want to check out that episode a couple weeks ago, where she stated and brought up that she believes my mother ingrained this deeply woven thought into my mind that I can never do anything right. Um, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I will never be able to live on my own. Just lots of issues arising in my relationship with my mom and I love my mom to death and I know that she is just parenting me the way that she was taught and if and when I ever decide to become a mother I would like to consciously choose to break that pattern so a mother who is narcissistic is interested in how you and your achievements reflect on her she may want you to succeed but only so that she looks good and she may even become jealous if she feels that you are doing well um, some of the signs that I personally experienced with a narcissistic mother is that their love is conditional, very invalidating. Um, she can't or won't validate your feelings. She belittles you. She gaslights you. She tries to manipulate you. 
narcissists may even think that they are above the rules, but that is kind of full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. They can be unpredictable. It's all about how things look and they refuse to see your point of view. I noticed how much I invalidate myself, how much I question myself. Growing up, my mom always told me, you're too sensitive. You're very dramatic. You're, you over-exaggerate everything. You just take things too seriously. And it, it was a shame because when I first started dating my ex-boyfriend, who was, uh, I would say, and I will have a PhD in four years, that he was a full-blown narcissist. I will hold that till the day I die. But she said, you're just being too sensitive. You can't take what he says seriously. He's just kidding. Lighten up. And as someone that identifies as a highly sensitive person, I've really learned to love this about myself. But back then, I saw my sensitivity as a weakness and I just learned to invalidate and disregard myself. And I feel that is largely due to the way I was raised. So if you can relate to this, um, you're having these issues with your mom or a parent or you're in a relationship that you feel is controlling, gaslighting, invalidating, manipulative. Uh, I've experienced my mother trying to guilt me from time and time. And really now that I'm 26 years old and I'm still living at home, something I continually bring up in therapy is my need to assert my independence. My mom will always say, you act like a child, you need to be more grown up. But then when I try to be an adult, um, I would say maybe I'm a parentified child, but when I try to be an adult, she gets angry and can kind of lash out at me and try to make me feel guilty. I would say my mom is a helicopter parent um, and it's led to a very enmeshed codependent relationship that I'm trying to work on. So what narcissistic mothers, um, they tend to see their daughters as both threats and as annexed to their own egos. So it's kind of, there's no separateness, there's no boundaries established because they see you as one, as themselves. And through direction and criticism, they then try to shape their daughters into a version of their idealized self. So they can put really high expectations on you and make it feel impossible to live up to their expectations. I always felt like I was disappointing my mom. And I've never dealt with my mom being envious of me, but I have um, experienced my mom as someone that never went to college and um, just lives a very, I choose to live a very different life than her. I have very different perspectives than her. She sometimes gets very upset with that, that I'm my own person. My mom would always tell me, I remember when I first started getting tattoos, how ugly I was with every tattoo and I'll never find a husband and how when I get tattoos, I'm disrespecting her body and I don't belong to anyone else but her. Um, just very kind of belittling things that I think the older generation, especially as an Italian mother, they learned and they were conditioned to believe this way. But as someone that's trying to expand and grow and be a fully functional adult with responsibilities, it can be very hard, especially when um, there's no space between us. And I think that's why moving out in the next year is my number one goal, because I do personally feel like when that space is created, I would have a lot healthier relationship with my mom. 
Even when I sleep over my boyfriend's house or I stay out too late, she expects me to be texting her and calling her 24 seven, updating her about where I am, which is not realistic. Um, she has to know who I'm with, where I am, how I'm getting there, when, everything. And if I leave out any details or I don't kind of do it on her time, she will um, kind of stonewall me. Uh, she will ignore me. She'll be very passive aggressive, give me the silent treatment or say I don't care about her or I'm selfish. That's what I heard growing up time and time again. I'm very selfish and it kind of made me into this doormat of putting everyone else first because I didn't want to be selfish. So if you were raised by a narcissist and you do have a tendency to attract narcissists, which I noticed in myself, I would one maybe say get educated about narcissism if you have to ask yourself if someone is narcissistic or a narcissist they probably are again never doubt your gut feeling oh that's always your soul trying to tell you something it's it's your higher self and inner wisdom speaking with you something else that's been pivotal for me is accepting that your parent won't change But once we change ourselves, the people and things around us will change as a result in response to us changing. So really, it's recognizing your enabling parent, recognize the roles that your family plays, and then accepting it. Instead of trying to change my mom, which I did for years and years and years, trying to get her to understand me, um, have more compassion, I had to learn to step back and stop trying to play God and just accept this is who she is. And just because you're accepting someone doesn't mean that you shouldn't assert boundaries. Boundaries are crucial. They're vital when dealing with any type of relationship, but especially these kind of relationships. You have to assert boundaries. And if the person chooses to disregard your boundaries and violate you, then you have to take it from there and say, okay, maybe I have to remove this person from my life. When dealing with parents and family that are toxic and hurtful, I don't even get me started on my sister, but we can't completely remove them from our lives. But I choose to believe that just because someone is a family member, it doesn't mean you're stuck with them forever. Yes, family could be blood, but having a loving family and friends and people that you want to keep in your life is so much more important than feeling obligated to keep or stay in an abusive relationship because they are family, if that makes sense. So really attune with your feelings. Don't blame yourself. Stop hurting yourself. But you do have to recognize your part because we are all one. As I said earlier, we all play a part. We all have to realize our role and we all have to recognize that this might be a lifelong assignment if it is a family member and instead of trying to change the person we have to choose the way we see things and the way we respond and come from a place of understanding and compassion and love it's not about demonizing or shaming the other person I'm not trying to do that at all my mom is my life I love her and I think she's just hurt and she doesn't it's not in this lifetime perhaps for her to change her patterns but it's up to me and i have to take accountability to choose to change mine so definitely educate yourself is number one confront your own personal history of maybe child abuse neglect trauma confront these go to therapy educate yourself 
learn how you can navigate this world of toxicity and learn to reparent yourself. Grieve what you did not receive. Work through any developmental milestones you may have not achieved or have any roadblocks that come up as you know a result of this. I find therapy tremendously helpful personally, but learn to set boundaries is probably first and foremost most important. And once you've done this, then you can seek out healthier, more functional relationships. But as I said, we must not make the other person the issue. Narcissistic personality disorder or whatever kind of shit unhealthy people are struggling with, it may be linked to environment, their own growing up, their the own way they were parented, um, fears. Maybe they were excessively criticized or maybe they were poorly attuned to their own feelings. Some things are inherited. So we really have to come from a place of looking at the situation with love, learning to bless the situation, and not expecting the other person to change. When I realized this, and I'm still there right with you as I always am, it's still a struggle, I'm not perfect, but I'm really asking myself when getting into these fights or arguments instead of them growing into this monster of a situation that I feel fucked to fix, I asked myself, how would my higher self respond to this situation? What would the lesson be in the way that I respond? How am I responding in a, in a manner of love and understanding? How would I choose to respond if I was acting from that place of my higher self and approach the situation that way? I think relationships are awesome learning opportunities, ways for our soul to evolve and reach its higher purpose and its higher path. And breathe. Don't feel guilty for taking care of yourself. Don't feel guilty for separating yourself from the situation. Sometimes when we're arguing with people, the best thing we can do is take a step back take a breath and separate ourselves until we are in a calmer, cooler, more collected mindset. Because when we're coming from that furious state, when we are triggered and angered, we really are not responding from a place of love. We're more often than not coming from a place of fear and ego and trying to get our point across. Sometimes we will speak, but not everyone is ready or willing to hear us. So with that being said, make sure you are speaking with and hearing yourself. Pray about it, meditate on it. I always say that prayer is speaking with God or spirit and meditating is listening and tuning in to spirit and God. And that has really helped me. It's a challenge, but I will overcome this hurdle. And I think this is clearly my higher path because I choose to believe that we choose our parents. We choose our life experiences we choose our assignments before coming into this physical reality and once all is said and done once we have moved on to the other side and passed on there will be nothing left but love and marianne williamson says that nothing other than love is real so have some patience for yourself have some patience with other people we're all human we're all imperfect we're all made mistakes we'll make more mistakes we're all learning They've hurt you, you've hurt people, but we have to break the cycle of abusive 
family relationships and these toxic patterns because although I'm glad that domestic violence and abuse and unhealthy dysfunctional relationships are talked about more often now than not, I don't think we talk enough about family dysfunction and these patterns in our families because they're impactful, they're huge, they really affect us. So with that, I think I'm going to wrap this up. If I leave you with anything, it is you can't control other people, but you can control yourself and how you respond to them. So today, when anything comes up, see it as an opportunity to bless the other person. Maybe you don't know why this person or this situation is in your life, but perhaps it came into your life because it needed that light, because it needed a little bit more love and healing and prayer sent to it to heal it. And I choose to believe that God, the universe, spirit can heal anything. And relationships are a miracle. They're an opportunity to heal. And A Course in Miracles says that a miracle is a change in perception. So I'll leave y'all with that. This was a little bit longer. I'm going to try to do my homework now. Um, trying to brainstorm some ideas for the show. Maybe change the name. I've had a couple things that I've been writing down and have been sitting with and asking my spirit to guide me and my soul to make their best decision for me. So I hope you do the same today. Love you so, so much. I'm sending you so much light and love, my miracle workers, and speak your truth. That's all I have to say. Take care.